1: Luke Sylvia, and Jonathan Osborne, covering all things Magic Basketball. Five fans, for fans. Go Magic! What's going on, and Happy New Year, Orlando Magic fans. You guys are back with the six-man show. It is January 3rd, 2022. It's going to take some time getting used to saying that. As always, I am joined by my co-host, Luke Sylvia. Luke, Happy New Year.
2: Happy New Year. You uh, Is it Happy New Year? Is I, it happy? Maybe my personal life, but uh, as a fan and uh, for the show, I I knew there was a great chance we'd start out 0-1, but I didn't know it would hurt this bad. <sighs>
1: well, you know, Kevin and I talked last week. We figured we were going 0-3 this week, which is, is really what happened. So let's just... W- we're going to do things a little bit differently today. So mm-hmm. because of that, I want to get right into like the housekeeping stuff. We want to shout out our patrons, shout out to Court Cousins, Drew Gooden, Armin, Keith Garcia, Zico, Carson Tulo, Nathan Lynn, Ellis, Norm L, Magic Player History, and Giulio. Folks, we'll go through our weekly state of the magic. So this week, your Orlando Magic went 0-3 with a 127 to 110 loss at home to the Bucks on Tuesday. They squared off against the Bucs again on Thursday at home, came up short 136-118, to 118, then a 111-116 overtime loss in Boston on Sunday. This week brings the Magic to a record of 7 wins, 30 losses. They have the 2nd worst record in the Eastern Conference and the 2nd worst record in the NBA. Coming into Sunday, they were 28th in offensive rating, 27th in defensive rating, 30th dead last in the NBA in net rating. Admiral Schofield, Hassani Gravett, Tim Frazier, and Freddie Gillespie were all signed to second 10-day contracts, uh, utilizing the NBA's hardship exemption. Uh, injury report, Jonathan Isaac, Mark, Michael Carter-Williams, Etuan Moore, Markel Foltz, Cole Anthony, and Jalen Suggs all remain out. Uh, Tuesday before the Magic's game against the Bucks, Jamal Mosley said Jalen Suggs is progressing along slowly from a fractured right thumb. Luke will talk more about that in a little bit. And then Mo Bamba, Ignis Brasdakis, Moritz Wagner, Terrence Ross, Michael Mulder, and Hassani Gravett, or Gravit, rather, all returned from the health and safety protocol this week. While Chuma Okiki remains in the health and safety protocol, Markel Fultz and Robin Lopez entered the health and safety protocol this week. Okay, we're going to do things a little bit differently this week, folks. Usually we start with the first game of the week. However, Luke and I are pretty pissed off. Uh, the Magic just lost in overtime Sunday night In Boston to the Celtics. And uh, yeah, we're going to go ahead and and talk about that game. So uh, the story that I felt, Luke, was that this game was really the story of magic runs. It seemed like in every quarter of this game... Uh, the Magic had a big run. They had a 12-2 run in the first quarter. They had a 14-4 run in the second quarter. Um, they had a 20-8 to run in the third. They were up 12 going into the fourth quarter, Luke. And they even had an 8 to nothing run in the fourth quarter, Luke. They were up 14 with four and a half minutes to go in this game. Completely choked. The Celtics tie it up. We go into overtime and the Magic lose. So, we can talk about how, you know, like, you know, 30 seconds ago or, or something like that, the Magic are trying to inbound the ball. Franz Wagner can't get the ball inbounds, gets called for the five second call. Jamal Mosley sitting right there with the ref counting in front of him. And then, uh, you know, uh, the next possession or a couple possessions later, the Celtics miss. Wendell Carter Jr. gets the rebound, passes the ball to Tim Frazier before the Magic are able to call a timeout. So, with 0.6 seconds left, the Magic have to inbound the ball uh, from the backcourt, try to get a shot up. Shocker! They don't score. They go into overtime, and they end up losing in overtime. Luke, but up 14 on the road in the fourth quarter, uh, I just feel like this is an inexcusable loss. Well, how do you feel?
2: Yeah, I mean, it was terrible all the way around, right? I mean, you you, you thought the Magic kind of had it in the bag. The the booze came out uh in boston because the magic were beating them the six you know seven win magic um were up on the celtics and they've been struggling this year you know they're they were i think they were 17 and 19 or something coming into tonight and uh yeah they had a frustrated arena the magic had all the momentum and it just kind of slowly went away you had obviously the the 50 bomb from from jaylen there um Jalen brown and so it when it came to that timeout you know the situation you saw on the replay, uh, obviously on the inbound, when you're when you you know Mosley knows we're getting close to that five second point. He sees the where the ref is at. He know he should know he has a timeout. Doesn't do anything. I don't know what better time you're saving it for than the next time, which he didn't call timeout with anyway. Uh, Wendell comes down with that rebound. You can see, um, I was watching the Celtics stream, and you can see T. Ross in the background when they showed the replay in kind of slow motion. T. Ross signals for a timeout, like right behind Dell, and uh, I don't know, man. I mean, Mosley should have called a timeout. Dell should have called a timeout. Maybe the refs should have seen Ross calling for a timeout. There was just so many things in that moment that should have happened, and none of it did. And I get that this is a young team, Jonathan. I understand that basically, like, what whatever it is, like forty-five percent of the roster is G League players. Essentially, it feels like. Um, and I understand this, but when Jamal Mosley, who has been coaching for a long time,
1: 16 it, years prior to this season,
2: we are now 37 games through the season. And it's hard to say that maybe one or two could have been turned into wins if Jamal Mosley just knew how to coach situationally. And it's just getting frustrating I get why he's here. I'm not by any means calling for his head at this point. There's, you know, you know coaches should be able to grow, but there he is also subject to criticism. And it's just, it, it's infuriating because you and I, who didn't play above the high school level know from an IQ standpoint, you've got to get the ball in five seconds. So many people knew that. And that's why he's catching so much heat right now from magic fans after this game, because it it does feel like that. And I know that we can, you know, point to the refs and, you know, they sure helped that Jonathan. I'm sure that's a direction we're going to go and try to talk about some of those just ridiculous things that happened. But in the end, I think the Celtics shot one more free throw than the magic. Like there, when it came to the, the shooting fouls, whatever, it just, I have a hard time putting it there when I know for a fact that what we can control is the coaching timeouts and all those things in those scenarios? And it just seemed like the Magic did everything they could to lose this game once having that lead in the fourth.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, again, you know, you're up 14 with four and a half minutes to go. Um, you know, four fourth quarter turno- turnovers for the Orlando Magic, uh, one for the Boston Celtics. The Boston Celtics finished this game with 21 turnovers. The Magic. We're able to stay in this game because for most of this game, the Celtics would not stop giving us the ball. Yeah. I mean, the Magic end up shooting uh, eight more field goal attempts in this game. Uh, In terms of free throws, you shoot one less free throw, like you said, than the Boston Celtics tonight. But like the fourth quarter, when it's winning time, you know, the Celtics are a veteran team. You saw guys out there, you know, Jalen Brown, Al Horford, Dennis Schroeder, Marcus Smart, Josh Richardson. Uh, Even like Grant Williams, like these are all guys who have playoff experience who have been in these types of situations before. And like Franz Wagner, you know, just kind of looked a little bit shook um, at times in that fourth quarter, especially when the Celtics started to go on that run, you know, has an in-and-out layup towards the end there, Um, coughed the ball up to Marcus Smart. And then each time it's like, all right, let's get Franz back involved. And from that point, it looked like he was kind of a little bit intimidated. We haven't seen that many times this season We've seen it against LeBron James when they played the Lakers. He just did not look ready to, to take on LeBron. Um, Jimmy Butler gave him a lot of problems. And then tonight, Marcus Smart gave him a lot of problems. And we kind of saw that um, in the fourth quarter. But people want to talk about you know having a lot of young guys or, or G League guys. Like If, if we want this team and, and we think that this team can eventually be good, you cannot excuse um, a, a being up 14 with 4.5 to go and, and just totally choking up um, you know the lead and, and you end up losing that game now sure like Jalen Brown went crazy 21 points in the fourth quarter nine of 12 from the floor like I don't know that there's too much else the magic could have done to the Magic didn't Jaylen have the Brown. personnel
2: to guard him yeah
1: if, if this is a this is a different story if you've got I mean even a guy like uh like chuma Okiki or like a Michael Carter Williams or obviously like a healthy Jonathan Isaac. And, you know, we talk more about that in a little bit, but um, yeah, just didn't really have the personnel to to slow down, you know, Jalen Brown, and then um, you know, he has three points in the overtime. But you look at Dennis Schroeder, eight points. You know, a lot of that came from the free throw line. Um, but yeah, the the sad thing tonight, Luke, was like we've been begging our veterans to give us something all year, and are the veterans that we've been pointing at all year, Gary Harris and Terrence Ross, both of those guys balled out tonight. Gary Harris with 23 points, Terrence Ross with 33 points on 19 shots. Both Tim Frazier for, for, with efficient 14
2: tonight. points, veteran baby.
1: Yeah, I mean, Tim <laughs> Frazier, I mean, scored the the tying bucket at the end of regulation. So he,
2: He's 31, that's why I say that, guys. But, um, um, yeah, but, but, but yes. I, I mean,
1: we can sit here and argue, you know, why he played 39 minutes and why a guy like RJ Hampton only played 11 and a half minutes tonight. Like, if we're, we're really developing these guys, like, you want RJ Hampton in in that moment, but at the same time, you kind of also want to go for the win. You, you know, you're on the first night of a back to back. I kind of get it. But like we, we talk about at the end of overtime, you know, the yeah. Magic are, are down. I think it was three with six seconds left. And I think it was Josh Richardson just runs over Tim Frazier and he falls to the ground. No call. And then it turns into a jump ball. And of course, you know, Tim Frazier is not going to win the jump ball over. I think it was Jalen Brown. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then the game's over at that point. So, you're not trying to like blame everything on the refs. Like the Magic definitely lost this game, but there were some very um, inconvenient moments where they swallowed the whistle tonight that did not benefit the Magic. Like we like Jalen Brown dropped a fifty burger tonight on twenty nine shots, sixty five percent from the floor, fifty percent from the three point line. He made five threes tonight. Um, probably not going to win that game most of the time, but I just keep going back to up 14, four and a half minutes to go. is like, oh, we kind of are like comfortably on our way to a win. And then the magic just like completely choke. Like, I think they're up, they're up 14 with four and a half minutes to go. And I think they score four points the rest of the game. So yeah, four and a half minutes to go. You're up 96 to 82 um and then they basically go on an 18 to 4 run to finish regulation you're tied at 100 as you go into the final period and then you know the, the the Celtics are you know just the the more veteran savvy team and we couldn't get couldn't get much offense going um you know in the overtime period like it looks like the game is completely over um you, you know you're down by 6 and then all of a sudden Terrence Ross hits the uh, like the and one from the corner uh, yeah. with a minute to go, and all of a sudden you know it's a it's a two point game, hmm. and uh, yeah, just not able to capitalize on that. Just really really frustrating. Uh, Horford the Horford late Horford uh, three in the corner, twenty seven seconds left to go in overtime. We yeah. we we are like okay, the the game is over now. Like yeah. we're we're not gonna win this that, and then like, missed free throws, like, down the stretch. Like, I know Wendell missed a couple. Uh, You know, Franz missed a couple of, of free throws late, so...
2: Important ones, by the way. <laughs> yeah.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah. Every point in this game ended up being, you know, really important. And, yeah, the Magic, uh, you know, they leave five points on the free throw line tonight. Yeah. You could kind of argue that was the difference. Like, I, I think, you know, the every time the Magic got down in this game... They like kind of responded with a run of their own to kind of keep themselves in it. So I can't really point to any like one moment that lost them this game, other than you know the the four and a half minutes to end regulation. Right. So I think that's all that we're gonna say about that. I mean, I think we've uh, we needed to get on here and vent a little bit about that. It was it was really frustrating. I was watching the the post game uh, with Jamal Mosley and um, the Fox the Fox Sports the Bally Sports broadcast kind of. Um, Went back to the broadcast desk, kind of in the middle of the post game interview. So I don't know if Mosley was asked about you know that late timeout and whether what? or not he considered taking that timeout or, or what happened there or why you know he didn't call the timeout at the end of overtime is, where it, uh, you know Tim Frazier had the the turnover.
2: Is that a is that a, a programming thing with ballet sports? That they had to get back to the desk. Was that a time crunch? Because I don't know on what planet they think we want to hear the broadcast yeah. desk. table talk about the end of the game or whatever they talk about when mosley is right there and we could hear the answers obviously we'll read it in articles later what his quotes were on via tweets but that's uh, that's frustrating man
1: yeah um i'm right there with you i don't understand that i'm just hoping that You know, because obviously you don't want to just go into a post-game, you know, press conference and kill your coach over every, you know, mistake that they made. But like you said, like, criticism is still, you know, fair and warranted. And, you know, fans want to know, you know, why certain, you know, and I think general, you know, like management wants, should want to know why he made, you know, certain decisions, you know, down the stretch there, so... Anyways, Luke, um, let's oh, move I, on I have, I have one, to something else.
2: One last piece here, just a stat that Dan Savage put out there. Um, I think it was, I don't know if it was via Magic PR, but he tagged him. I don't know if you saw this. Jalen Brown's 47 at the time, obviously turned out to be 50, is the most points ever scored against the Magic by a Boston player. The previous high was 46 set by Larry Bird, March 16, 1990, at Orlando. So there's your the uh, second season. Yep. Yeah, there's your fun piece of That's information. Jalen Brown hung the most ever on the Magic by a Boston player.
1: Well, the good news is I have Jalen Brown on my fantasy team, and uh, my silver matchup against you. producer Kevin is kind of coming down to the stretch here. So maybe you know Jalen Brown will help me pull that out. That'd be great because Kevin's team has been killing it, and my team's sitting at like 500 right now. So we'll see.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search. Match with Indeed.
1: All right, Luke. Let's transition. We're gonna kind of we we kind of did this out of order, but now we're gonna jump back to Tuesday. Tuesday versus the Bucks. We're really just gonna spend most of the time talking about Franz Wagner because he was amazing. Um, as mm-hmm. rough of a fourth quarter and overtime that he had tonight, he was equally as incredible Tuesday night. So this was Luke the first time the Magic faced the Bucks since their little mini series that they had in Milwaukee back in November, where the Magic dropped two in a row to the Bucks. By an average of 20 points. Um, Hassani Gravitt. Robin Lopez got the start. Along with Gary Harris. Wendell Carter and Franz Wagner. Um, In the first half. Everything kind of went wrong. For the Orlando Magic. They shoot 41% from the floor. 13% from the three point line. To Milwaukee's 56% from the floor. And 54% from three. And the second half of this game. Honestly is what really uh, mattered. uh, For the Magic. Spoiler they did not win. But Franz Wagner scored 27 Second half points on his way to 38 points. 14 in the third, 13 in the fourth quarter. The Magic lose 127 to 110. But Franz Wagner, absolutely the story in this game. 38 points, 7 rebounds, 3 assists, 1 steal, 1 block. He was 12 of 20 from the floor, 4 of 8 from the three-point line, and 10 of 10 from the free-throw line. Luke, what did you think of Franz Wagner in this game Tuesday night?
2: I I think... That I mean, we know that he has been great, especially for a rookie, right? Like, relatively, for a rookie, he has been great comparatively to everybody else in the rookie class, aside from, you know, a couple others. He has been great. That performance against the Bucks made me rethink how I think of Franz Wagner. Like, r- regardless of the circumstance and who's out and how much the team is having to rely on him, there is a definitely a, a you know, a, a world where Franz Wagner, you know, a different universe where he just folds and doesn't do anything in that game. I mean, had every right to this team was not, not obviously full health and was still able to go out there and give you a 38, which is just ridiculous. Um, and like I said, made me really rethink how I think about him and what his ceiling is Um yeah, I'm his is ridiculous. Shoots 60%, he shorts 38 on, you know, 20 shots. Um gets to the free throw line. I think the most impressive and probably overlooked, got to the free throw line and shot 10 free throws in that game, made all of them. He just was in in the zone. He had a a euro um over Giannis with like 7 minutes left in the game and he just looked he looked like a vet. There's games tonight, you know, or if you're listening to this yesterday night that he's going to look like a rookie but as we've said before there are more times than not he looks more like a vet than he does a rookie especially in the face of adversity with his roster being out basically entirely he's playing with a bunch of g leaguers and doing the best that he can yeah there's some nights he's gonna look off but think about how many times like if you told us before the season jonathan franz wagner is going to play a lot a significant amount of games his rookie season Without a healthy roster. He's not going to have Jalen Suggs for a few weeks. Um, Cole Anthony. All these guys are going to be in protocols. If you would have told me that before. I, I'd i be like. Franz maybe gives you. A, I don't know. Eight. Seven a game. Maybe plays well defensively. Continues to do what we know he can do. And just make the lives of everybody around him easier. He doesn't make the lives of everyone. Just around him easier. He, he dominates the game and and is able to and it's just been crazy um so i think that while yes games like that against boston suck um and to see Franz struggle in that game suck there's going to be games where his points that he scores matches the amount of field goals that he took but he's a rookie and so for him to come in against Giannis and put up more than Giannis and contribute more than Giannis, i mean just ridiculous i mean, he, he 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 could be a star
1: so, I mean, the the most impressive thing to me in this game was, like, they were definitely, especially the first half, they were throwing, like, a lot of different looks at him, um like, covering him differently, like, in the pick and roll. And he even said that after the game, like, it took yeah. me a little bit to kind of figure that out. But in, like, 27 of his 38 in the second half, they were, like, they weren't just throwing anybody at him. Like, they were, like, Chris Middleton was guarding him at times, Drew Holiday at times, Giannis at times. Um, like they blitzed him with Drew and Giannis a couple of times in the pick and roll. And I think we, what you're referring to late in the fourth quarter is he splits Drew and Giannis and then the Euro step and finishes over Giannis at the rim. And it's stuff like that that is like, okay, we all kind of knew that he was like a good cutter and everything like that during summer league. And the, the knock on him was he's just not knocking down his open looks like he, the mm-hmm. three point shot looked really shaky during summer league. But he wasn't showing flashes of stuff like this whatsoever, Mm-mm. like the ability to navigate pick and roll and to do different things off of the dribble and um, kind of like the acrobatic finishes that we're seeing. Like he he caught it in the corner, um, his man closed out on me. He pump faked and had like an up and under, like reverse off of the yeah. glass with finish with the left hand. And it's every game like that. We'll talk about you know Thursday's game against the Bucks. Um, but he kind of had like a, like a relocation. He got the ball back on the right wing and then took one pound dribble into like the three step kind of, you know, the zero step plus the one, two from the corner, nothing but net. It's stuff like that that you're seeing tonight. It was the pocket pass, uh, to, uh, Wendell Carter in the second half. That's like, what can't this kid do? I think that's a fair question to start to ask, um, well, I we kind of want to have this conversation a little bit more, uh, a little bit later in the podcast. But I think it's a fair question. Like this game, um, really put his stamp on rookie of the month for the month of December in the yeah. NBA. If he t- tomorrow is when they're expected to announce the rookie of the month, and if he's not, um, I'm just gonna like completely freak out and rant and you know <laughs> stomp my feet and all that on Twitter because. The guy clearly deserves it. So again, Franz, 38 points in this game. Uh, Wendell Carter, 19 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Giannis Antetokounmpo, 28 points. You got 21 from Chris Middleton, 18 from Drew Holiday. A guy that also looked pretty good in this game, Demarcus Cousins. It's fun to see Demarcus Cousins back and. In- like playing at least kind of well in the NBA. So yeah. uh, for good, good for DeMarcus. So let's fast forward to Thursday uh, versus the Bucks. So in this one, no Robin Lopez. He entered the health and safety protocol. Um, Orlando went into this game trying to avoid the season sweep by the Bucks. First half, really the same story as Tuesday's game. Poor shooting half for the Magic in the first half. Trail 12 at halftime. A great third quarter for the Magic, shooting almost 58% for the quarter. They take a one-point lead uh, in the middle of the third before the Bucks close on a 16-5 run. Magic down 11, entering the fourth. Fourth quarter, really all Giannis. 16 in the final quarter, uh, gave the Bucks a 17-point lead early in the fourth, which they just kind of rode to victory. Magic lose 136-118. to Franz Wagner, again leading the Magic in scoring 20.6 of 12 from the floor. And then Mo Wagner, 19 <laughs> points. And dogs, baby. das baby. That's right. <laughs> that's right. Nobody uses that. It never really caught on. So I don't <laughs> say it anymore. But I still think it's pretty funny, to be perfectly honest. When they're both so, leaving
2: the team and scoring, I say we say it, you know?
1: Yeah, I think that's, uh, that's pretty fair. But yeah, um, Giannis just really proved to be too much. You get 33 from him. Chris Middleton, 22. Drew Holiday, 25. When that trio is scoring over, you know, twenty twenty each, um, it, it's really going to be hard for the match to kind of um, stick with them. So, not much to. I mean, you know, we're starting to get kind of healthy um, as guys come back from the health and safety protocols. But when you've got this many guys hurt and you have this many, you know, guys that are on these ten day contracts, it's kind of hard to look too deep into what the flaws are with the team. We all know uh, they don't really have a true point guard right now. Um, they don't really have many good defenders or, or good rebounds. All of those are problems that have plagued the magic all season long, mm-hmm. shot making, um, defending, rebounding, uh, turnovers, not having a point guard is always going to make that difficult. So we hate to keep saying this. I wanted to leave this in last year, Luke, but until the team gets healthy, it's going to be hard to really evaluate the team strengths and, and weaknesses. And maybe getting guys back will help kind of cover up for some of you know other guys shortcomings you know jamal mosley included um you know markel fultz goes into the health and safety protocols this week we still don't (laughs) know when we're going to see him back um let's talk about this really quickly i i feel like this is worth talking about i don't want to spend too much time on it but there is a video uh taken from cole anthony's snapchat (laughs) in the magic locker room you see jonathan isaac take a total of three steps um two of the steps look perfectly normal but then there's this kind of elongated step that he takes uh with the left leg that had people freaking out thinking jonathan isaac is never going to be able to walk properly again therefore he'll (laughs) never be able to play again um but then we've seen other videos you know kind of of him you know walking what seems to be normal we've seen him jumping up and down on the bench yeah luke what, what were your thoughts of that
2: he should just retire you know Oh boy, here we go. That's, <laughs> um no, stupid, right? I mean it, it is now I'll blame the front office for lack of transparency here. Hundred percent They've fault. got magic they fans are, yeah. They've got magic fans just looking at everything. Literally Snapchat videos and being like, Ooh.
1: You know how many games back I had to go to get <laughs> three seconds of footage of Jonathan Isaac walking from Bally Sports Florida telecasts? Yeah. I, I had to go back, like, two weeks of games, partly because um, they just never show him walking, but also because, right. you know, he wasn't with the team when, like, the breakout was happening. and doesn't yeah. go on the road with the team, so...
2: Right. Yeah. No, um, it just ridiculous, man. Like you said, don't want to spend too much time, but there was a lot of, a lot, you know, a couple wild young fellas on Twitter talking about how J.I. should retire, and, you know, they were trying to, you know trying to ruffle some feathers they're upset for one reason or another we don't have to get into that but um yeah people are just kind of like saying like writing off j.i and it's like i don't i don't understand why this is happening because i like i don't i don't want to see you cheering for him when he comes back and he's killing it a lot of you guys just throwing these hot takes out there hoping it sticks and hoping to get a rise out of people you got a rise out of me this week congratulations usually don't but uh, i had time
1: I gotta say, Luke, this is this is the month for me. Oh. This is this is the month of J. Not oh, wait, wait a second. Don't get ahead <laughs> of yourself. This is the month for me where I am officially going to be like very fed up if we don't get some type of explanation. Yeah. Um, because this month it's going to be eighteen months from the ACL tear, mm-hmm. and I feel like at that point the front office owes it to the fans to let them know, hey, this is what's going on if if he's not first of all if he's not back like okay i'm officially concerned like yeah i i've kind of bought into and, and maybe some of this is wishful thinking i'm i'm willing to admit that but i bought into a little bit of the narrative of like okay you know he had both of these like you know left knee injuries kind of back to back so the magic are are basically just going to rebuild his strength and balance from the ground up so that you know his body is perfectly balanced and, so, and to try to um, prevent something like this from happening again um, but if he's not back in January I'm officially concerned um, you know we haven't heard anything from the front office in terms of him having some type of setback the way that we you know did from Al Aminu when he suffered the meniscus tear and then was trying to you know kind of recover from that and then had a setback and had to have surgery we mm-hmm. haven't I- I'm giving the front office the benefit of the doubt that I don't I won't think that he had a setback until we hear that he has. Right. But if we don't see him in January, then I'm like, I would say I I definitely understand where people are coming from. And I I think their concerns are valid and their thoughts are valid that a setback has happened. But I just, for whatever reason, I, I just, maybe I just won't let myself realize it. That's entirely possible. But this is the month for me. If, if he's not back And we don't hear from the front office in terms of what happened. I I find that very concerning, very unfortunate, very frustrating as a fan because like at a certain point, like the fans are are what keep the lights on. And for a cornerstone player who, if I'm not mistaken, um, outside of Gary Harris is making more money than anyone on the roster. And we didn't sign Gary Harris to that contract. Right, um, in terms of the decisions the front office has made, Jonathan Isaac is getting paid more than anyone. we've invested the most into him um he's the longest tenured magic player, so um at this point, I feel like the fans deserve an explanation from the front office. You don't have to set a timetable, but just come out and tell us what happened. I feel like they owe at least that much to us, and um if not, you know that that will definitely um that that'll that'll say a lot um you know about you know the front office and kind of you know what they think about the fans at least to me but right. um yeah another guy Markel Fultz. you know we hoped that he was coming back pretty soon now he's in the health and safety protocols we still don't know when he's going to come back i feel like there's a chance that he comes back from the health and safety protocols and within like a week or two is back how do you feel
2: yeah i mean we we know and and obviously Kobe uh Price um who recently started covering the team you know confirmed as well right someone was like is Markel is he gonna be back after he gets out of health and safety protocols and Kobe was like no he just flat out like he, he's not gonna be playing after he gets back not you immediately know. right that's what I'm saying that's why I'm saying like yeah probably a week or two I hope I mean it just feels honestly Jonathan it just feels like we're never gonna see <laughs> Markel and J.I. play ever again it feels again. like that doesn't it how sad it, is that it does. Like, I, I mean, don't
1: even think we're being dramatic or like that's hyperbole. It really does feel like well, that.
2: we're just in the dark. We have no idea. Like we have no clue. And, and and I think that that's like you said, you're giving it kind of the end of the month and then you're going to be like concerned. And it's either going to be concerned about J.I.'s injury or concern about the front office or both. But, it's both. yeah. And, and, and man, it just, it sucks because I, I, I would, I would love to say like, I could, I could say with the same amount of confidence We'll see Ji this month. I could also say with the same amount of confidence. We're not going to see him the rest of the year. That's where I'm at. That
1: is scary,
2: dude. It is, and and it's. And I
1: at this point, I, I don't blame people for saying that. Right.
2: Yeah. I don't think it. Like you said, I don't. I don't think that's necessarily dramatic. It's just like we just are so not just not not misinformed. We're uninformed about the, the whole thing. We have no idea, no clue.
1: And I don't think that you know the the front office not kind of keying fans into what's happening with injured players makes them bad at their jobs. Um, that's just not the way that I would prefer a front office to kind of handle um, like fan relations when it comes to players right. that they're invested to. I think there's, I feel like they go to such the extreme. And I feel like there's a way to kind of play the middle where you're not putting pressure on the player, but you're also, you know,
2: keeping the all fans the involved. Exactly. From other teams.
1: You see it with 29 of the franchises in the NBA.
2: Yeah, and it and it's and it's not it's not lack of talent of of running a front office. It's just simply their priorities. Like I just think their priorities like fans aren't that high. Let's let's be completely honest, Jonathan. The the Magic don't have the biggest fan base. Amway re- regardless uh, to be completely honest, so much of their revenue and ticket sales are tourists that know nothing about the team. So you think it's not far about other
1: teams' uh, fans?
2: Exactly. So the the Magic feel like probably there's no no lower that they feel like they can go. This is the worst 37 game start in franchise history, and you're still able to get fan butts and seats because of Taurus, away team. You know the away team fans. It, it's just not out of the realm of possibility that they just aren't prioritizing the fans and they're continuing to solidify that by how broad they are not letting things out. Don't get me wrong. A lot of times it's good, right? From an organizational standpoint that nothing gets out, but it's coming to a fault. Like there are some things that should be let out. And I feel like they don't really know what that is and where the line is. And on top of that, I feel like they don't prioritize the fans and it's unfortunate but it, it it does feel that way
1: i feel like they they know i feel like they don't care they think this is yeah. the right way to handle things and they're going to go like about that at the end of the day what the fans want like sometimes it's like you know you you think you want that but you don't really what the, they know the fans want is a winning product like if we're 30 and 7 instead of 7 and 30 like we're not talking about this at all no, even if of- they're not even if yeah. they're not telling us about injured players. You yeah. know what I mean? So like that I kind of get where they're coming from. Like, no, what you really want is a winner. You don't want us telling you everything. But if we don't have either, at least give us something. Yeah. You know what I mean? So last thing I wanted to ask you about before we, you know, talk a little bit more about Franz. Um so I mentioned Tuesday, Jamal Mosley mentioned that uh Jalen Suggs is kind of progressing slowly from the injury. I believe the injury occurred. Um, Like November 29th, I believe it was mm-hmm. um, a Monday. So, uh, this past Tuesday, you know, they talked about how they were going to reevaluate him every two weeks. Um, and this Tuesday was kind of like the second two week increment. And for them to come out and say, oh, he's progressing slowly, what that says, in my opinion, is that he's not like tracking the way that he should be. If they said, oh, he, you know, he's still a ways away, but he's progressing well. Like yeah. I would not be worried at all, but the the fact that they're saying he's progressing slowly, and it's like how many times we have to hear that a guy his injury is progressing slowly? Obviously, Jonathan Isaac's injury is progressing slowly. He's six months past than you know slowly. the normal. Time. Yeah, exactly. Time I, like slow is a is you know a, a, an overstatement at this point or an understatement. To me, they're setting this up so that another two weeks. Uh, which would be what, like the 11th when he's dude, I guess to get reevaluated, they're setting it up to be like, Oh, you know, he's, he's not fully healed. Like if it's a fracture that didn't require surgery, that tells me it's not quite that bad and a normal fracture, especially in the hand, I've researched this usually fractures in the fingers, in the hands, they tend to heal more on like the quick side, um, than, like, you know, a really bad fracture, a really bad break. Uh, which can take sometimes like 12 weeks. But they're kind of like setting it up to, you know, when we hit that six-week mark, like, oh, Jalen's not ready. I'm already preparing myself for that. Oh, I don't know how you feel about that. And then we haven't talked about this stuff that's going on with Cole, like sprained the ankle, missed like six games, came back for a few games, then was out a game, played a game. Now he's out again. But yet, when Dell dunks on Giannis the other night, and Cole and Jalen are jumping up and down, hugging each other in a full circle, (laughs) not concerned about the ankle whatsoever. We see Cole standing 95% of these games. Like, bad optics is, like, putting it lightly.
2: Right. Yeah. I mean, it is what it is. Like, the the front office wants to lose these games. Can they
1: make that any more apparent, by the way?
2: No, they were so happy to see Tim Fraser play that many minutes tonight. They were like They were about wow. to cut
1: him when he hit that that game-tying layup though.
2: Absolutely. But like they mostly probably, you know, will will get on on the plane and and he'll have, you know, an expensive bottle of wine sitting there for oh him and he'll say love John, John and
1: Jeff. Love Jeff. Yeah, yeah.
2: Yeah, good job. Good job, champ. So, the
1: what do you think the chances are that everyone comes off of the health and safety protocol and they find some reason to sign Tim Frazier to a 10 third day or a third 10 day? I don't even third, know if that's possible. A
2: 10 third day. A 10 third day. Um, a
1: third 10 yeah, day. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, no, they're just going to give him like a fully guaranteed contract for the rest of the season. Just
1: wave brass Dacus, which <laughs> Magic fans would love anyways.
2: Yeah. Yeah. They're just going to they're gonna wave brass Dacus they're they're gonna you know I they're, they're gonna do some outlandish things to keep this ball rolling they're setting up for like Markel Cole Jalen J.I. to come back fully healthy and like rip off like a 10-game win streak and it not be able to matter because it just won't matter
1: I feel that way too
2: I think that they're just doing everything they can to brace because they're like man this team might be able to win some games Tim Frazier you feel good that's great because you're gonna play the whole game tonight. <laughs>
1: <laughs> it's second night of a back to back. You're 31, Tim. You're, they're, you're young. They're gonna you're treat good to go. They're,
2: they're you're young. They're you're they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna treat Tim Frazier like it's Kobe Bryant's last game and just let him shoot everything when he touches they're, the ball
1: tomorrow or tonight. When you're listening to this, when we take on the Bulls, they're gonna rest RJ Hampton second night of a back to back for rest. When he played 11 <laughs> minutes and 30 seconds tonight.
2: <laughs> and Tim, Tim going to play, play Somehow play more, and the game's not going to go to overtime. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
1: exactly. Unbelievable. All right, Luke, let's go back to Franz. Because um, I think like there's some, some more context. There's more of a, a conversation to be had here. So we've talked about how we expect him to be the rookie of the month for the month of December. So 19.5 points per game in the month of December, which leads all rookies... rebounds, 3.1 assists, 1.1 steal per game, 47% from the floor, 40% from the three-point line, 88.9% from the free throw line. On the season, Luke, he's averaging 15.8 points per game, which is first amongst all rookies. And this is like qualifying rookies, rookies that have played more than 20 games this year. So first in points, 4.7 rebounds, which is good for eighth, 2.7 assists, which is good for sixth. Mm -hmm. 1.1 steals, which is tied for third. He's shooting 44.9% from the floor, which is good for ninth amongst rookies. 37% from the three-point line, which is good for third. 83.8% from the free-throw line, which is good for sixth. So in almost every statistical category, he's top 10 amongst rookies. He has three of the top five scoring performances by a rookie this season. 38 points, 28 points, and 27 points, which he scored twice. The 38 points that he scored on Tuesday is tied for the third highest scoring performance by a Magic rookie all time. And this month, 19 and a half points, second highest December scoring average by a Magic rookie. Tuesday after the game, uh, when uh, Giannis was asked about Franz Wagner, he said, I think the sky is the limit for him for real.
2: Injected into my veins.
1: I I know I don't want to go back through this draft thing because ev- let's just face it, everyone was wrong. Like, everyone was wrong about Franz. Magic yeah. fans were wrong about Franz.
2: The people who were most in tune with college basketball were wrong about Franz.
1: Yeah. And we've kind of, like, I feel like every 10 games we have to recalibrate what Franz could be. Yeah. Like, I think Franz, I- I'm very confident in saying that Franz will most likely make an all-star game at some point during his career at I'll, his current I'll, trajectory
2: i'll raise you one call this recency bias call it whatever you want i don't really care at this point i'm 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 gonna be insufferable pants when off from multiple all-star appearances mm. multiple i'm i'm going multiple i it, when the, if the magic can can track with this this young core and continue to get better it the Magic are are going to be good enough to compete, and Franz Wagner is going to be a key cog in this whole thing. He all like take December whatever you say whatever you want, right? I mean, say oh his whole team is basically out. Of course he's putting up numbers. Like I said earlier, he could have folded. Also, let's not act like the rookies that are healthy and not in say you know health and safety protocols aren't dealing with a very banged up and injured team as or COVID you know health and safety protocol. Stuff either, and they didn't do it. What, what what Franz was able to do, I know that a couple of key rookies were out due to health and safety protocols, but Franz, just what he's been able to do, man, I mean, it's ridiculous. It, it is absolutely insane. Just his last five games, um, he had twenty five points, twenty points, uh, thirteen points, thirty eight points, twenty points. Um, so. And then obviously tonight he he struggled 14. a little bit too. We, we don't have to go there, but we don't we don't need to talk about that. All right, um, no, but but that's what I'm saying, man. Like his level of pro- productivity, it seems like we set a bar for Franz, and he clears it by miles. Yeah, it doesn't it doesn't seem like it's a, a challenge for him. He's taking guys off dribbles. He's making these ridiculous passes. Um and. You know, there, there's things that you wish might be higher, like rebounding, things like that. But you've got, you know, guys like uh, Wendell who are able to eat up those rebounds. I mean, I don't think that that's that much of a of, of an issue. Um, he was getting to the free throw line in December. I mean, it, he, he was doing everything. And so I, I have no problem truly saying it wouldn't shock me if Franz makes multiple all-stars, which this is coming from a guy who two months ago, was saying he'll be a good role player. And then he could have a long career as a result. I think, I mean, you heard it right from Giannis. Sky's the limit for this guy.
1: I just have a hard time. Every time I try to like put a ceiling on Franz, I can't find a reason why I can do that. Like, you put out the question on our Twitter account a few days ago. On a fully healthy Magic roster, Franz Wagner like a top two player. And I was like, you know, I feel like it's too early to say that, but I also don't have a valid argument against that. Like I can't even begin to formulate an argument against that. Yeah. Like you, you just go like, what do you need out of a good, like elite high level player? Like needs to be able to shoot the ball at this you know level. Check. Needs to be able to create for himself off of the dribble. Check. Needs to be able to create for others. Check needs to be, you know, relatively athletic. Check. Like you, like he's putting multiple guys on posters this season. Needs to be a solid defender. Check. Do I it, will he ever be like an elite defender like a, you know, Jonathan Isaac type of tier? I don't see that happening. Um yeah. but is he going to be like a guy that like could he make a like a second all all NBA defensive team? I think so. I, I think that's probably, like, his best case scenario as a defender. And here I go putting a ceiling on Franz Wagner again. Mm-hmm. But, like, it's every few nights you're like, oh, my God, I didn't know that he could do that. And it doesn't seem flukish. Like, it seems very fluid. He's very confident. The kid is very fiery, like, just always hyping himself up on the floor. Like, there, I don't see any, like, big hole in his game that he. it doesn't seem like he's going to be able to figure out.
2: Yeah. And I think that the biggest thing, I mean, I, I words can't express how much I want to see this team fully healthy now, not just to see like how good they are together, but who's the alpha. I mean, Cole and Franz could definitely be battling in terms of like, okay, which one of us are leading this team offensively because Cole goes out, you know, you're without Jalen point Franz is in the building and he's doing everything. He's making passes that I don't know if anybody else on the team might make, besides Markel. Like he, and and even then, I don't know, man. It's ridiculous. It's stupid. I, think
1: I would still. It's very close between Franz and Kel. I I don't think
2: in one terms of, them of is vision like, or skill, cl-
1: both. I vision. I would still give the edge to Markel, but like the ability of passes that they're able to make, I I, I still think Markel is is right there. I go back to um a game two seasons ago against the Atlanta Hawks. Like he whipped this pass to Jonathan Isaac that John Collins mm-hmm. made a great play and uh recovered on to block Isaac at the rim. But I, I just couldn't understand how Markel was able to see that lane and, and make that pass. Yeah. And Franz's vision isn't like quite there. Like he's making advanced reads and like advanced passes. So like the ability is there, but I still think like Markel has a very special like like, vision of, like of to be able to make plays. Like, Franz has the ability, can make all the passes, but I still think Kel is, like, in the, the top tier of guys that are, you know, just have, like, vision in the game. You talk about a guy like, you know, Jokic or, or LeBron. Those guys, I think, have the vision and the ability. Like, Jokic is one of the best passers that we've ever seen. But, right. like, Markel is, like, slightly below those types of guys in terms of his vision, at least for me.
2: Mm. I I'm going to say... That, yeah, the vision's close, but I, I don't... If I have to choose, I'm I'm choosing Franz Wagner in terms of just, like, as a player. I'm already there.
1: Okay, well, You're talking about as a player in total we're talking about as a passer? I'm talking about as a passer.
2: I know, right, as, a, like, a passer and vision, right? If and, I have and,
1: one guy for now and forever, I'm taking Franz because, like, I'm we've never seen Igre Markel Dalla. do this. Oh, dear God. <laughs> Yeah. So, Braz um, Dacus.
2: Yeah. No, no. So, it wasn't as clear to me. So, I want to make it clear for listeners. I, I think we're talking passing. Right. I'm not talking passing. Player. Vision and passing hand in hand there. Yeah. It, but it's ridiculous that we're even having this conversation. It right? really is. It's stupid. I mean, Franz Wagner, um, by the way, um, hasn't missed a game this year, whether Best it be to safety protocol. And and no injuries so far. I'm hoping it stays Tonight,
1: that way. Oh, my God, dude. Oh, when he fourth, went down. <laughs> it, he just slipped, thankfully. But, like, he right. went down. And I was like, I've seen this with Jonathan yeah. Isaac. I've seen this with Markell. Well, Please, we've, said it,
2: we've said it before. We're conditioned to, to think worst case when a player goes down. Every single time somebody and goes down. And it's something down, that, I that I like, a normal CL. person would see the play and be like, no, I mean, he'll get up fine. What are you talking about? I'm like, No. You don't understand. He's dead. You don't understand. He, said, he's, he just he's, died. He's he is out for the rest of the year with that one. And they'll be like, No, you're overreacting. I'm like, No, no, no. I've seen some things. Alright. Wow. <laughs> Unbelievable. But yeah, I mean, like,
1: Franz could it would not shock me if this kid becomes like a top like fifteen to twenty player in the league. I, Say we, it slowly.
2: Like, I, I listen, man, like that. I hate that we're having to do this after he just had the game he had against Boston, because it, it stinks that way. I wish we were able to do this like after his thirty-eight point game. Um, but yeah, man, I I I don't know. I, I don't know. I I have you know Eric Fawcett, who we had on, who we've had on the show a couple times here. I said every time I see a Franz Wagner tweet that just blows me away, a statistic whatever it might be, like his you know whatever it was cutting the other day. That he was 100 percent finishing uh, as when he when he's cutting right. I sent that to him whatever, and then I sent him. It's to the point where like I sent him a different thing, a different NBA related thing. I texted him a link, and he said, "To be honest, I was fully prepared for more Franz Wagner propaganda." It <laughs> I is said propaganda. Yeah, and That's I was the best like, "Thing." Yeah, and so, but it's even guys like him who who said who you know no college basketball and you play a big part in in my opinions because I just have conceded that he knows a lot more than I do about players and how they look in college and whatever scouting wise. And so for it to, I had his expectations basically. Right. Um, didn't really
1: everyone's expectation. If we're like being 100
2: and that's my point. And, And, and so, but it's to the point now where it's just like, he's like, man, he's, he's blowing me away. I mean, he, what he's doing right now is not what I foresaw. And it doesn't matter the health of the team. I mean, this guy is just killing it right now.
1: And let's talk about how, like, we always talk about how Magic players don't get enough recognition, and then Franz gets bumped up to number one on the Rookie of the Year ladder on NBA.com, and Twitter lost its freaking mind. I'm not talking about (laughs) Magic Twitter, I'm talking about everyone else crying that Franz was number one. Like, first of all, he's the only rookie that's played every single game this season, He's just had the you know best you know December. He's leading yeah. all rookies in scoring. Like I don't know how it's that far fetched. Like right. yeah, maybe you, you you know if you want to argue like Scotty Barnes or Evan Mobley, which are the guys that were ranked two and three on the rookie ladder. Like I get it, but to just be like completely blown away yeah. that Franz Act like it's is not even one, close.
2: Yeah. yeah,
1: he's it's eighteen games now that he scored double digits, like eighteen consecutive games. He yeah. absolutely has been, by definition, the most consistent rookie. He's done. He's been doing this yeah. eighteen games, like a month and a half now, and he's right. played in every single game.
2: Like right, and and I, I, and it's to the point. I mean, after that rookie ladder thing came out with him being number one, or whatever. I was texting with a buddy of mine who's a Boston fan, um, who was before like when the game was going poorly. Obviously, they've had a pretty rough season. Um, he talked about. I, I, I said, you know, hey. You know, Iman may need to go. Your coach may need to go. And he said, brother, anyone whose name doesn't end in Tatum or Brown may need to go, LOL. And then yeah. he ends up, you know, making a joke about it after the game, being like, I'm just kidding. Nobody should be traded. We're title contenders. Um, but he ended up saying, um, you know, I don't get to watch many magic games. YouTube TV basically blocks him from watching them in his area. He said, but Wagner's legit. And uh, he said, yeah, Franz is insane for me. Easily rookie of the year right now. To which I said, "Done." You know, I another a team a, a fan of another team said that our guy des- deserves Rookie of the Year as it stands. That's all I can ask for. I just and want I, people I don't, to get I don't the wanna,
1: recognition. Actually, I do want to pour more fuel on this fire. If you look at the Raptors <laughs> without Scottie Barnes, you look at the Cavs without Evan Mobley. There has been like very little, if any, drop off. Without Franz Wagner, the Magic legitimately might be zero and thirty-seven right now. <laughs> like, let's be one hundred percent honest. Like yeah. Franz is definitely lifting the magic more than those other guys are lifting their teams in my pseudo professional opinion. So Franz better cry to your mom sucks to suck. Well, uh, yeah. well, forever. Like, honestly, <laughs> like seriously, this is the last point that I want to make. If Franz continues on this current trajectory, John Hammond and Jeff Weltman are going to be known for two things when they retire: it's drafting Giannis and and drafting Franz Wagner at eight in the twenty twenty one draft.
2: And the Magic winning a championship.
1: Well, I mean, well, I mean, the Magic dynasty winning multiple championships. Like, that's <laughs> obvious. That goes without saying. Yeah. But in terms of their draft prowess, right? It's going to be Giannis and one of the probably going to end up, you know, five to ten best players of all time, and then Franz Wagner. The greatest player of all time so that's yeah that's quite the resume if you think about it
2: when you when you really think about it and the Franz Wagner thing man just the ability to see what he's gonna be promised him like they were very confident and I was very not confident and now I'm very confident
1: I still think the prince that was promised is a very underrated nickname for Franz <laughs> like I, just I feel like, like
2: I just feel like I'm 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 listening to like a Disney nar- narration. Well, it's say a that Game though. of
1: Thrones reference. It's not really like the nah, same. Like nah. You have to have watched the show to kind of understand that, which I get. Right. But out of context,
2: like, it, I just I can't. Yeah, get out it. of
1: context, I get it. Well, just it's like clever. It's I don't, cute. I don't. This is gonna be a. This is gonna be an unpopular opinion. I'm not a fan of the OnlyFans. I I don't find it that funny. Is
2: that because of what OnlyFans is, or because that's
1: probably part of it? But it's just like. What are you gonna do with that nickname? Is he posting pictures of his junk? No, he's hooping.
2: Right. You know what I'm he's saying. Hooping. We're paying the to watch him play. Maybe. Better. The franchise is good.
1: I would pay to right. watch him. I mean, you know, we I, we kind of do pay to watch him play. You know, I pay for you know direct TV stream. You pay to go to games. Like you know, one way or the other, you're you're paying for it. Unless your name's Luke, yeah. You know, we don't have to go into too much detail there, but you know, it is what it is. Hmm. Um. Luke, let's talk about the week ahead. So we play the Bulls tonight. What do you think the chances are that DeMar DeRozan hits three game winners in three consecutive games?
2: Depends. There's a, lot There's a has 0% to go
1: chance because the game won't be that close. That's my opinion.
2: Mm. Oh, that's what I'm saying. There's a lot that needs to happen. We need another Franz 38-40 piece.
1: Maybe we get Cole this... Anthony back. That would be, if Cole comes back, I'll feel much better about this game.
2: Right. I, I would kill for a DeMar DeRozan-Franz Wagner duel, if you will. Mm. That would be a fun one.
1: I'm here for that. I feel like the magic after getting pieced up by the bulls, you know, the, the day after Thanksgiving in Orlando, they' kind of that' was a fun one. You know, be motivated. oh my gosh. They're <laughs> going to be motivated for this game. So Monday, uh, tonight at Chicago, eight o'clock Eastern, Wednesday at home to take on the 76ers at seven o'clock, and then a back-to-back Saturday Sunday at Detroit at seven o'clock, and then on Sunday, home versus Washington, that game will start at six. Uh Luke, I've got us going one and three on the week. We're getting that win at Detroit on Saturday. Hmm. Franz is going to dominate Kay Cunningham and further cement his case for rookie of the year.
2: I like that. I like that. I uh I'm gonna say two and two. I think that they I think they beat the Pistons. And then the Wizards, who are now eighteen and eighteen after having that hot start in Orlando, I think I think Wizards in Orlando. I think the Magic gonna win that game. I think they start out zero and two, and they finish two and two.
1: Mm, second night of a back to back, two wins in a row. That's juicy. Yep, I like that. Well, we'll see. All right, Luke. Anything else? Any any other uh, Nuggets?
2: Uh, Franz Wagner, Rookie of the Year, and uh, that's about it. I
1: concur. All right, folks. That is going to do it for this week's episode. For Luke Sylvia, this has been Jonathan Osborne. You guys are listening to The Six Man Show, and we will catch you guys next time. See ya. Thanks for listening to The Six Man Show. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, Google Play, and Stitcher to get new episodes downloaded directly to your phone. Please take a minute to give us a five-star rating and a review. It would really help us out a lot. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at six man show and like us on Facebook. We'll catch you guys next time. Go magic.